and I turn it on and shuts right back off and does the same fucking thing it was doing. And so I'm just like sitting there totally defeated on my floor with my computer. There's like screwdrivers everywhere. There's random shit littered around. And I'm like, did I just break my computer? (laughs) So I'm just sitting there like, what could it possibly have been? Even if it sounds like the dumbest thing ever, why did it work? And then I changed one tiny thing and now it doesn't work. What could I possibly have done? And so I do remember at one point, there's like a brace that you have to put on the back in order to hold the heat sink. Okay. And I remember when I installed it the second time, I noticed that brace was a little wobbly. So I just tightened a screw to keep it in place. So I was like, maybe that was the problem, I guess. And I take my screwdriver, I go to that one screw, quarter turn the other way. Computer works fine now. (laughs) (laughs) I had slightly too tight of like the brace on the back. And that was the, and I, it took me like five days to fix that. That's so awful. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't, still don't know why that created such a problem, but I guess, you know, if you're having computer troubles, it might be because the screw is too tight. <laughs> too tight? That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so this weird. is why I've never wanted to build my own computer. I'm like, I'm, I would, I would immediately just stop and be like, it's broken. Buy something else. Yeah, well, I'll get, Fuck this. I'm going to get, I'm going to buy something. <laughs> I, I can't deal with this. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is the first problem I've ever had. Normally, I just throw stuff in. I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't really research it, and everything works fine. This mm-hmm. is, like, the first time that strategy has failed me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But we got there, and we're recording <laughs> you got there. now. So. And we're fine, and it's all good. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 21 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly Drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. Yeah, basically, we're regular dudes drinking irregular beer, having unregulated conversations about magic, including regulated play. Uh, So our main topic for this episode is the historic anthology number four that we are getting um, the day that this episode comes out. So... 25 brand new cards the the uh, historic format so that's quite exciting make sure you listen to this before you buy yes Although, <laughs> listen to this bought, i guess that warning was useless. listen to us uh before <laughs> before you spend any money on it but uh before we do that each week we both bring a beer we drink our own then drink each other's then rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic and choose the best for last so with that jeff what's on tap all right so we had so much fun with our tap takeover mm-hmm. you know last time with rorschach that we decided to do it again so this week and next, we will be doing a Blood Brothers tap takeover. So we both brought beer from Blood Brothers. It's a local Toronto brewery. It's actually really close to my house. So that's great. I've had a lot of their stuff you know, because of that. But uh, this time I picked two things I have never tried. So what I got here is called Bear Warship. And it's a wild ale with peach and nectarine at 8%. What do you got? Um, so from Blood Brothers as well, I have their Paradise Lost, which is one of their sour ales that they do quite well. Um, this is their Blackberry Gin version. It's 6.9% and, uh, it has a picture of like palm trees and like, uh, prisms and stuff on the can with their cool hand with the blood coming out of it, uh, as always. Yeah. For my art, I wrote, uh, Two Bears Cult Mural. <laughs> sure. It's, it's like, it's like has that like culty vibe to it, and it's kind of a mural. It's kind of like on it. I don't know. the the California flag, like twice. It's like the same kind of bear that it looks like in the California flag. Right. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder if that's intentional. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's just like a, uh, you know, what is it? The clip art fair. <laughs> yeah, California used it for their when you flag. Google free yeah. bear clip art. Free bear That's... clip art. It's just that. And California's like, we're taking it for our flag. And then they're like, we'll use it for our beer. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, magic news. Like we said earlier, the historic anthology number four is coming out. Um, but it is interesting that this is the third week in a row we've had new cards to look at that are coming yes. to something. Um, <laughs> feel like we did spoilers a lot of new cards these days yeah there's just so many so many new cards um but before we jump right into things uh jeff how was your arena week uh it was okay yep. uneventful i uh i did play in one satellite and i mm. went two and three very nice with my uh, red white tibbles trickery deck oh okay and, oh yeah oh yeah all right i brought a brew i learned a lot about how to fix that deck uh and i had some razor thin matches like mm -hmm. I had a crazy match against cycling um, where the game that sort of decided the whole thing because I kind of have to beat them in the air before they draw their like third uh, zenith flare because yeah. I you know I can tip trickery away the first one the second one might not be lethal or the first one might not be lethal the second one I can get a trickery off on it but usually the third or fourth one will kill me but they don't block flyers that well, so I have to try to kill them in the air. And it came down to basically they top-decked uh, Zenith Flare for lethal when I had them at one with, like, three flyers. Uh, and I was like, no, almost had it. But, dang. Yeah, so a couple of razor-thin matches could have easily gone the other way that would have ended in, like, 4-1. But, uh, yeah, the deck, the deck still needs a bit of work, but it was a lot of fun. Cool. Very cool. Um, I actually also played in a satellite for the first time. Yeah, mission accomplished. I have completed my goal for the season. Boom! It's I, nice to get it over with early. Huh? Just you know, just just make it make it easy. And not only that, but I also won one of the matches that I played. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, yeah, I uh, it didn't go super well. I was playing um, Naya Adventures. Um, which I like, but, uh, I think the, I was really nervous. And then the first round I got lost somehow on the website and did not, uh, start it right away. Cause I was, something went wrong. I got moved somewhere and couldn't figure out what was going on. So I lost some time there and then it ended up kind of timing out later in the match. So that was kind of a bummer. Okay. Um, because of that knowing, oh, I started late. So then I, um, all that stuff. And then, uh, yeah, then played a couple other ones, but, um, but it was good. I, I had a, a good time. I definitely wanted to play another one. Uh, so I definitely will be doing that whenever I can. That's, that's so. great, yeah. Yeah, Naya didn't do so well overall. To, uh, unless if you were playing the Reed Duke version, which I think mm -hmm. you were, right? I was, yeah. Because people were kind of flocking to Sultai. Yeah. Which is a tough matchup. It is. I definitely lost to a Sultai deck. But I did play against the four-color, um, I think it was Andrea Mangucci's Yorion deck, the four-color one. Um, mm. I ended up being able to, to beat that one, which was great, uh, because nice. <laughs> I hate playing against those decks cause I usually lose. And I was like, the one yeah. win I got was from the deck. I don't like playing against. That's great. I beat a Yorion pile. Yeah. Yes. Fuck Yorion. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it was a, it was a good weekend and, um, I'm excited for more of those satellites to, to play in them. So, uh, looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah, they're a lot of fun and. Now that you're more used to it, you know, you won't... Uh, yeah, I, I'll be like... Loss from time. 
Yeah, exactly. I don't have to worry about, I know exactly how it works, where to go, you know, all, everything with the Discord and people and how it, it runs. So I will feel a lot more confident doing it the next time around. Anyway, historic anthology, number four. Yeah, should we dig into this thing? I think we should just jump right into it. Uh, so a quick overview of it. Um, it's 25 new cards straight to historic. So if you haven't, uh, if you don't know anything about the historic anthologies, obviously this is the fourth one. And all the other ones have had a certain amount of cards that go straight into historic. Uh, and you can buy them for a certain amount of gold or, or gems. And uh, they're also craftable using your wild cards. But you won't ever find them in packs. So right. you can either decide to pay through the nose to get four copies of each of them or just pick the ones you want for the decks you want to play and use your wild cards, which is probably... And do the second yeah, thing. Yeah, you should, you should not buy it. It's really expensive, and um, you're not going to use all the cards. Yeah, they have it priced at exactly where it seems like it's not that bad a deal, and then you start to really think about it. You're like, this is kind of a bad deal. It's a pretty bad deal. So... It's 4,000 gems yeah. or 25,000 gold. That's a lot for a play set of cards that um, some of them are, are good or some of them are fine and the other ones are uh, for, forgettable. <laughs> exactly, say. yeah. So for 4,000 gems, the way I like to just quickly break it down mm -hmm. is you definitely want to be getting like six or seven play sets of rares in terms of wild cards, how much that's worth. Okay. And a mythic or something. This collection of cards has 10 rares and two mythics, but you have to ask yourself, do you think you're going to be playing seven or eight of those to make it worth this money, mm -hmm. right? Are you really going to... Would you craft eight of these rares? Yeah. And if the answer to that is no, then you, you're probably better off just using individual wild cards on the cards you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, you know, there's, I mean, I'm always happy when there's new cards that are coming into the format. Um, and it's not yep. a, a ton, so it's easier to, to look at them and see how they're going to impact or not impact the format as a, as opposed to like, here is a remastered set, which is like two sets kind of smushed together and, um, we'll see. So before we jump right into everything, I did think it was kind of interesting, interesting, strange, a little <laughs> strange, yeah. um, so of the 25 cards that are coming in this anthology, there are four that are commander-only cards. Uh, they're mainly from Commander Legends, but I think there's one that's from one of the Ikoria uh, commander decks, which is strange, and it's also just the first time that we're getting commander-only cards onto Arena, which we haven't really done that before. Um, I didn't exactly know why they're deciding... What about those like commander cards like Corvold? Well, those were... Those were uh, standard legal. Okay. Because they were in the... So you mean just like... But they were in a commander product. Those they, were in the you brawl. You could get them from they the were, packs. Yeah, they were in the brawl products um, when they were pushing for that. Uh, but they were all okay. still considered standard. And that's why it was um, didn't feel as weird because you could use those in your, in your uh, standard decks if you wanted. These you can not. Like they were never standard right. legal. That is definitely interesting. And the question that it made me ask is... I'm kind of wondering if Wizards is hinting at uh, Historic Brawl becoming a thing here. Because why else are you injecting Commander cards into Brawl? Or mm. into Historic, I mean. Into Historic. That is interesting. Um, so that's what I thought immediately was, you know, there are some cards here that you're never going to see anyone play in competitive one-on-one -on -one Historic. Mm -hmm. But if they're thinking... 
these are commander cards that people might use in brawl decks or build brawl decks around, like this elephant that we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and I know historic brawl is something that people have been asking for for a while now. So maybe this is like a hint that they're might they're going to do that at some point. Yeah, maybe. I think that's a pretty good take on that. I was just thinking it was more of a way to have, I mean, like always wanting more commander players to play uh, non-rotating formats, which is what they like the most. But uh, yeah, I guess, I, you know, I really think they're, they're gearing up to show us that they're going to have historic brawl all the time uh, before July. I think that's what they're saying right here. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, it'll be before July. Um, which is in August. Yeah, <laughs> which is the bet uh, that, that we have going. Um, but anyway, so not just the commander cards, but they also have six cards that were um, part of sets that have already been remastered. So Amonkhet Block and Kaladesh Block. There are, um, among them, there are six cards that could have been in those remastered sets that they didn't put in and are now adding, which is also strange. I have no explanation for this. This is super weird. It's super weird. <laughs> Especially because um, a couple of them are like, okay, okay, maybe. Um, they, they kind of have a focus on some cycling stuff and, and different things, but I don't understand why we would get rid of them. Is it because you think they're not good in draft or something? But like, there's a lot of cards that were in those that weren't good. And right. Like that's, that's the natural thing to think is they didn't want them in the set. Cause that set's meant to be draftable, but they did want them in historic. Yeah. For particular reasons. But like, let's look at Amit eternal. Yeah. <laughs> this card isn't going to ruin a draft format, nor is it something anyone's going to want to play in historic. So it, it actually satisfies neither of those things. Yeah. You know, that they just couldn't include it for draft purposes, but really wanted it in the format. It doesn't, I don't see any reason for that. I, I, I mean, like, that's a perfectly fine card to play in draft. It's probably what, you know, would have been helpful to make, you know, the Golgaria minus one, minus one counters deck work a little bit right. better. I, I don't remember if, like, Afflict just wasn't a mechanic or something, and that's why, but... I don't know. I don't no, I'm pretty sure though they had a flick. They had um, a couple different things that did that. So I, so I, I don't know why they decided not to. It, it's just it is very strange that like it's weird. Something like inspiring statuary. Sure, you don't want that as a draft rare, I guess, because it mm -hmm. doesn't do anything. But even then, it's like, what's the opportunity cost of adding a bad draft card at the rare slot? Pretty yeah. much nothing. So. Exactly. Um, so that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Also that they have added cards that we are hoping we're going to get a Shadows Block remastered set in the summer. Um, and they're adding Shadows Block cards. It's like, oh. Right. So does that mean that we're not going to get Shadows Block stuff? Or are or? we going to? Because you just added cards from the remastered sets that we thought you weren't going to give us later? Like, right. And then they added some Innistrad stuff, which presumably is to like try to hype up the Innistrad. Yeah, uh, I guess, um, which is going to be in the fall. Uh, get you ready because well, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I will, I will say that there was one inclusion that I'm glad that they just left out, which is Dubious Challenge. That card. Oh my God! How did you know I was going to say it? <laughs> that card is uh, <laughs> so. How terrible. could they possibly make the same mistake twice? You know, they left it out of remastered and then now they're bringing back cards that they left out of remastered it must snub be it. here right they snub it it's so great 
Um, but with that quick overview, we just kind of want to quickly run through each of the cards and just kind of say what we feel about them and whether they're worth a slot or not in our decks. Um, worth a slot. <laughs> that's, that's our new uh, theme song for that. Uh, so this first one, Jeff, do you want to kick us off with Triumphant Reckoning? Triumphant Reckoning. For those of you like me who have never seen this card before, it's six white, 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 Returnal, Artifact, Enchantment, and Planeswalker cards from your graveyard to the battlefield, and it's a sorcery. Uh, that's way too expensive. It's, it's very powerful, it's very very easy to disrupt, and it's a nine mana sorcery. So yep. no, not worth a slot. Rare wild card on this. It's a nine mana spell that doesn't immediately win the game on the spot, and you need to make sure you have your combo pieces, I guess, but you know, it's way too slow. Um, Folds to Graph Digger's Cage. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that card's played all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're not going to talk much about this card because it's not worth a it slot. It doesn't even return creatures. No. <laughs> That's so weird. Because it's white. It had to be green-white to bring back creatures. Don't you know? So then I guess it gets around Graph Digger's Cage. <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah, I guess that's true. It just loses to, like, Soul Guide Lantern. Or, you know. I just think there's so much uh, graveyard hate that you're not going to have a graveyard by the time and you play There's just more this. powerful ways to abuse your graveyard than this. Yeah. Um, play any of the other graveyard decks. Like, come on. Um, anyway, let's, let's go to the next one because I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Triumphant Reckoning anymore, but, uh, Declaration in Stone is one and a white for a sorcery. Exile target creature and all other creatures its controller controls with the same name as that creature. That creature invest or sorry, that player investigates for each non-token creature exiled this way. Cool. This card is okay. It's very okay. You know what's really great against? <laughs> tokens. It's great against yeah. wiping tokens. Do you know what... Format doesn't have a token strategy right now. <laughs> Historic. <laughs> Historic. Oh, look at that. Um, though, I mean, you know, adding adding an exile effect to white is fine to, to sit there. Um, it does seem kind of like a pitfall because, like, it's sorcery speed. And I have a hard time imagining a deck that wants this over just playing Glass Casket. Mm -hmm. but exactly. Because all the best creatures are three CMC or less. And also, your like, Glass Caskets are... Um, you know, uncommon wild cards. So if you don't have them, <laughs> boom, don't waste and your you rares. Two for one, you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's, <laughs> here, go draw a card. You put, this yeah. is what you do. You put this in the deck where you're playing Shatter the Sky and then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Underworld Dreams. There you go. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have to draw no, a card. No, they just get to decide. <laughs> um, Jeff. Uh, yeah, but if a token strategy pops up, you might want to play this, but until then... Yeah. So this could this be is... one of those situations where they give us the um, the tools before it becomes a problem. Yeah. Um, so it's I'm glad we have it. If we ever need to use it, it's there. Um, I'm not going to buy this card and, until I need to. Um, so Exactly, yeah. Uh, just another reason. It's not worth a slot at the moment. It's not worth a slot. Next up, though. Next up is the, uh, you know... The, the big the big player in this one, we got Thraven Inspector. <laughs> one mana, one two. ETB Investigate. Uh, this card is great, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like a role player in successful white aggro decks, and so I don't really see any reason that it's not going to do that in Historic. If there is a white cheap creature deck, 
that's good, then this will be a part of that. Yes. This is a card that I think is like a way they should be designing white creatures, and this guy should just basically be a part of every format, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, happy to see it. It's not crazy exciting. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to build wild decks around this new tool that we have, but it will enable some uh, cheap white creature strategies. Yes, it is definitely going to be uh, helpful. Um, you know what's also great is it's a common. So I'm really happy that they made the best card a common so that it's really easy <laughs> yeah. to obtain and I don't have to spend money to get it. Uh, great job, Wizards. Thank you for that. Uh, next card is Think Twice. One in a blue for an instant draw card. Flashback, two in a blue. Yeah, another just like rock solid common here. Sweet. Um, we'll probably see it in control decks. Blue-white control by play a copy or two. Yeah. yeah. So perfect. Worth a slot. Uh, that's... That's it. Yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing, nothing much to say about the card. So, so uh, that's it. Um, let's keep it. Tr- let's keep it moving. Uh, up next is, I don't know. This is a tough award to give out, but this is a contender for me for biggest. Like, I don't know why the fuck this card is here <laughs> in, in this anthology. Like, what? This was like a draft uncommon that people really loved. I guess. I don't think anyone's ever played it in any constructed format. Uh, it's really great when draft uncommons are in sets that you can't draft. <laughs> right? Like, are you putting this in your graveyard deck? Your big payoff is you get to pay seven mana for a sorcery to make a few one-two spiders. Yeah. Like, that's that's your payoff for self-mill and constructed. It's exactly. just not good enough. It's not. I don't understand why this card is here. Um, yeah. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> But whatever, it's an uncommon. If you want to craft it, you can craft it. Yeah. Uh, do we read the card? It's uh, it's just spider. <laughs> just assume everybody's familiar with this absolute classic. Uh, spider spawning. It's four and a green for a sorcery. Create a one-two green spider creature token with reach for each creature card in your graveyard and adds flashback for six and a black. Um, six and a black? Yep. To make a bunch of spiders. Yep. Uh, yeah. Just not really getting there. You know what also doesn't get there? Adorn Pouncer. One and a white for a 1-1 one, one double strike. Eternalize three white white. This one I at least like somewhat understand. They're trying to, they were doing the cat thing, right? So there are some like cat lords and historic. Mm-hmm. If you're a, a cat tribal player, this is another card for you. That said, it's this is a card people always overrate. People just like it because it's a cat, but it's just not good. Yeah. Really? It really Eternalized cost is too, too expensive. It's too expensive. It, it just wants you to put stuff like equipment or enchantments on it, in my mind. and Like a 4-4 double striker is no joke, but it's still just too much. Like, if you're doing the reanimator thing, there are you, you're already putting yourself through a bunch of hoops, and this isn't... 4-4 double strike is nowhere near the payoff it's you need not, to be doing. It's not, yeah. Um, I've definitely tried to use this card many times in uh, other places or even trying to abuse tokens and stuff. It just doesn't... I remember this being like the there. F&M promo or some alternate oh, art yeah, promo yeah, yeah, and yeah, everyone got really excited about it. I'm like, but the card is just not very good. That that promo did look cool though. Uh, but yes, you're right. Yeah, it was a nice promo. Um, yeah. Which is fine. I, I kind of like promos when they're not great cards but look cool. Yeah. Uh, so not worth a slot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm, someone's comboing this with uh, Thraben Inspector and Bone Splitter, but yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about this crab right here, Jeff? <laughs> okay. Uh, so we have Bad Ruin. I mean, Iceberg Cankrix, one in the blue for an O four 
snow creature, crab, whenever another snow permanent enters the battlefield under your control, you may have target player mill two cards. Two? Wow. That's not as good as yeah. three. <laughs> it's uh, twice as much mana for 67% the yeah. milling. But you know what is great? It means that you can play eight ruin crabs, basically. <laughs> if you kind play all snow lands. Ruin crab, this is not. Um, <laughs> yeah, and this just like, the, the thing about mill is that if you don't mill them all the way, then you've accomplished nothing. In fact, in modern magic, you've helped them probably because of escape creature. Like, there's so many ways that decks that aren't even graveyard decks can use their graveyard. Arcanist. You're just like... And there are no other, like, snow mill cards. You know, there are no other cards that are snow that mill that this wants to be in the same deck as. So... Yeah. I don't really get this card. This was another draft common that was popular. Yeah. Because you could kill people with these, but... In draft. You can mill yourself and then do some... Sort of shenanigans. Yep. Yeah. Maybe there's like a snow self-mill thing. You use Jorn's but. staff thing to get things back from your graveyard? I have no idea. Um, maybe. So maybe there's... I mean, that, that sounds like the kind of deck I would build. Yeah. But not be successful with. So, um, <laughs> you know, and also for all those crab fans, you know, doing crab tribal, there's another crab for you. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this next one also loves snow things. Um, Merit Lage's Slumber, one and a blue for a legendary snow enchantment. When Merit Lage's Slumber or another snow permanent enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 10 or more snow permanents, you sacrifice this enchantment. And if you do, you create a Merit Lage, which is a legendary 2020 black avatar creature token with flying and indestructible. Boy, that's a lot of work. 2020, you know. 2020? Uh, so immediately that means that the card's terrible because it has 2020 on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it is bad, though. It's very last year. Um, but yes, it is really um, bad. The problem is the token doesn't trample. Yes. The token doesn't have haste. Yep. So there are just so many ways, and it doesn't have hexproof. Like, you can bounce it. You can block it with one ones. You can kill them, you know, before it attacks. You can... There are just too many ways to not lose the game to this token. And with these effects that require so much work from you, mm -hmm. it like it just doesn't feel like this is a worthwhile way to try to kill somebody. Um, yep. It's fun, though. It does seem fun. It's like an alternate win con, kind of. Yeah, it does seem like an alternate win con. It's just kind of like in your deck, maybe you have one or two in your snow deck, and maybe you're playing snow ramp or something, and you're like, sometimes I have a 2020 flyer. Or some sort of like snow control deck that mm -hmm. wants to just slip this on turn two and then and sit back. But it can't be your whole game plan because again, that twenty twenty is just too easy to not lose to. Exactly. Notably, the the hexproof thing because like QRFS the Sea God that Kraken is rough because you can't do anything to it if you don't have any wraths. So yeah, exactly. They're like this just loses to a, a glass casket. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's like gone. <laughs> When your mono-white aggro opponent can easily deal with your 2020 win con, it's like... It's like, uh, maybe you're in your it's, control deck. It's sketchy. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it seems like a fun one-of that you just throw in a deck that you're playing snow already, and then maybe it happens. Yeah, if you want to make it work, like, give it a try, yeah. but don't expect great results, mm -hmm. I don't think. Yeah. Unless all you want to do is scry when you play stuff. Um, yeah, you're just playing this as a two-mana enchantment that scries. When you play lands. One in every 
40 games will win you the game. So, I mean, doesn't seem worth it, but, uh, you know, it, I will say, it's, go for it. Seems fun. Definitely try it. So th- I don't hate the inclusion of it, and yes. I like the idea of trying to supplement call time in Historic with additional snow cards. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yes, I agree. Um, the particular ones they chose, not really doing it for me, but I appreciate the effort here to inject some snow cards to you know help you actually make a snow deck in Historic. Yeah, I agree. I think that the... Uh... Adding some more of these just to, to help that on a little bit. Um, and who knows, one day maybe it'll be <laughs> a deck. Yeah, if they keep adding more snow cards, you know. Ultimately, like, I, I feel like we might be a little bit of a downer with some of this stuff. But, like, um, we are looking at them specifically. And if I'm going to literally take this on Thursday and put it into a deck, uh, most of the time it's no. Um, but I am happy that they're all here. The more cards we have to play with are all right. great. yeah. There are no cards here that I'm upset that it's being added yeah. to the format. Uh, which is probably, you know, the best part is that, like, there's nothing like, wow, this is really going to ruin everything, um, which is wonderful. Right. And they do that intentionally, right? They try to add in some cards that are cool but are, you know, not really that pushed in power level because you don't want to just add in, you know, force of will to the format and just yeah, radically exactly. change everything. Which this next card, I like what they're probably doing with this thing. So this is a Sword of Body and Might. It's a three-mana artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from green and blue. And whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you create a 2-2 two, two green wolf creature token, and that player mills 10 cards, and that equips for two. Uh, so this is a part of a, a sword cycle, um, which you've probably seen uh, throughout the years. Uh, Magic has made a bunch of different sword of something, 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 and it gives two protections of different colors and plus two, plus two, and all that stuff. And... Um, this is probably one of the not great ones because, uh, for two reasons, I mean, green protection from green and blue isn't the, the best because those are the colors that aren't removing it most often. Um, black is really great because black and red is really good to have protection from because those are colors that kill stuff. Right. Cause it's the creature that has protection, not the sword. So disenchants still work on this. So... Green and blue are not the best protection colors, and then when it actually hits, it does some stuff. But again, milling your opponent could be helping them, and a 2-2 wolf isn't the best. Uh, but I'll tell you what, though. This card's unbeatable and limited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I put this in my spider spawning deck, and it was just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, wow, that really works. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I mean, what I think is going to happen is that if they add one of the swords, um, the other swords are also pretty fun, and having swords are just cool in general. Um, so if they add this one and nothing happens, you know, nothing crazy happens, they might slowly give us swords, which um, right. in my mind seem pretty sweet because I like equipment stuff, and that's really exciting. This one in particular doesn't excite me all that much, but what it might be telling us about the future is pretty exciting. I like what they did with this one, too, and I like that they in particular chose sort of body and mind, Mm -hmm. because I think this is kind of a cheeky nod to the fact that Simic decks have kind of dominated historically, (laughs) and this is pro-blue and (laughs) pro-green, you know? So I think that might have been on purpose. I don't know if they knew that they were banning Uro when this was made into the file. So Uro is a problem. We'll just give him sort of body and mind. Sort of body and mind. That'll, that's that'll, such a funny like <laughs> middle finger to the player base. But I think this is like a cheeky acknowledgement that yeah. Simic is too good. 
Um, so that's kind of fun, and I, I'm glad that we're going to have it. That will be one of the ones that I'm like, mm, you know, I could, I might uh, play around with this one. Um, is it worth a slot? Uh, General, maybe a sideboard card if blue-green decks get really good and rely yeah. on creatures, you know? Because that's what's going to matter is those protection clauses. Yeah, the problem is we just have better equipment than these nowadays. Mm -hmm. Like, compare this to Embercleave, you know? Exactly. Embercleave is just a little bit more powerful. Anything that just attaches immediately, you know. Embercleave costs, right. could cost two. This will always cost five. So, um, not super, super... Like, even Maul of the Skyclaves is just kind of much better than this. But. Yeah. You never know. Maybe it'll be um, helpful in something. I'm glad we have it. Uh, I'm not going to be crafting any right away yeah especially at mythic but uh that's not where the equipment train ends no we got it does more equipment not. stuff we sure do <laughs> so maybe we'll wrap up these uh next two equipment cards and then i think that'll be a good time to go to a break i'm pretty sure you're right up next we got goblin gavalier mm, okay okay this little guy is Sounds furious cool. one mana one one okay i like it trample Ooh. what do you think of one mana one one trample i love excited. them excited yeah. already Goblin Gavalier gets plus two plus oh for each equipment attached to it. Ooh, okay. More on board. Uh, these kinds of things are never amazing, but I always like them. <laughs> I always think yes. that they're cool. Um, uh, the fact that, you know, it dies to any red spell, <laughs> basically. That's everything, Zach. If, if you just look at it funny, this thing goes to the graveyard. Okay, yeah. A squirrel... We'll kill it. Yeah. Actually, well, I guess we can't say that anymore because Toski is actually pretty great. But, um, yeah. But yeah, it uh, let's it just it doesn't block. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. The problem with this card is that um, the idea is it makes your equipment really good because it gets huge and then tramples over everything. The thing is, it only tramples over for one combat because any mm -hmm. combat is going to kill it. Yep. The other issue is that the the red decks the equipment they play is Embercleave which already gives trample. So it's better to just kind of play a better one drop than this. Yeah. So I don't know. You have to be really in on equipment that is not Embercleave in your red aggressive deck. And I just don't understand why that deck would exist. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. If we had like Colossus Hammer or something, is that something we have access to that gives we plus do. 10 plus 10? Yeah. Then like giving this plus 12 plus 10 and trample is a big game. That's true. Um, yeah, there was that deck uh, a while ago that would um, reanimate it from your graveyard using... What was that? That There was that one red card that would um, take an aura from your graveyard and, or, a, or an equipment and put it onto a creature. Okay. Yeah, maybe this is a tool for the Colossus Hammer combo decks then. So, you know, seems cool. Um, you know what also might fit in that deck? Bone Splitter. It's a one-mana <laughs> artifact equipment. Uh, equipped a creature gets plus two, plus zero. Equipped for one. So this is the OG man, yeah. original Mirrodin. I'm, I remember playing with this thing. Yeah, I remember <laughs> taking this card and uh, proxying other cards on top of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but this is a good rate. Like we don't really get common equipment for this rate anymore because this was the first time they were designing equipment. Mm -hmm. They didn't really know what the equip costs should cost. So this is this is totally. I mean, it's not really constructed level, but it was a good limited card for sure. Uh, yeah, I definitely like it a lot. Like, how much do you like this more than the ones that are one mana, one equip, plus one, plus one? I think this is better. I agree. Because equipment wants you to be aggressive. Mm -hmm. 
if you're going to trade with something, you're always going to trade up more with this. Um, exactly. Yeah. This lets your one drop trade with their three drop, you mm -hmm. know? So, um, and then you don't really care because all the other creatures kind of suck too, but then you throw this equipment on it and it gets much better. So, um, cool. Um, it's also common. So sweet. But both of these last cards were common. So that, that makes me like, you know what? <laughs> Who cares? Sure. I'll buy those. Right. <laughs> yeah. Throw those in. Uh, I have them in the collection. If I'm going through, don't realize I'm not on like not collected when I'm sorting through stuff. Um, I might see them in put him in something so if like goblin gavalier plus colossus hammer becomes the top deck i won't even know how to react to that that would be amazing <laughs> i'm playing that deck immediately and for a long time that's what happens it's just like this deck has so many weaknesses how did it become number one yeah i like a deck with weaknesses it's, it makes it feel well-rounded yeah yeah you know? that would be like the you know it, the next level of azorius auras like <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah, let's do We're it. We're all in on this one kind of dorky game plan, and it's very disruptible. Yeah, I love decks that are all in on something. And then you just play a bunch of cards that give it hexproof and stuff, whatever. <laughs> the best. <laughs> What's Boggle Hammer. Boggle Hammer. That's, okay, never mind. I'm changing everything. The uh, three equipment, I'm buying all of them, and I'm making something <laughs> happen. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, but you know what I'm not equipped with right now, Jeff? What's that? Any beer. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we better <laughs> we fix better, that. We better fix that. Let's go. We better pay the equip costs on that. <laughs> Get a beer break here. Okay. I'm ready to worship these bears. <laughs> I was about to say beer, and then I was like, wait, it's, it's not beer worship. <laughs> it's bear worship. Bear worship. Bear worship. You know, after drinking that beer, I still don't understand the name. Yeah, I think it's... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you really said like you had, said that like you had something there. You know? Yeah, I don't have anything for you. All right, let's get back into this. Okay, so this uh, these next cards, these are some of the ones we were talking about before where they were just kind of, you know, left out of the remastered set. And um, once we go through them, we can decide whether they should have been in, well, either of them, I guess. I <laughs> yeah. <don't know. laughs> uh, okay, up, up first. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, why is every beer you give me, like, purple? Is that just a thing that... <laughs> I like purple. Purple's great. All of your beers are purple. Yeah. Uh, so first up, Torment of Scarabs. I think this is another contender. You know, I think Spider Spawning's still ahead, but this one is is in the race for I don't know why this card is here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three and a black for an enchantment or a curse which mm. is enchant player the beginning of enchanted players upkeep that player loses three life unless they sacrifice a non-land permanent or discard a card uh is this to go with like turgrid why is this here maybe 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 this, this goes this in is your... like turgrid's lantern right yeah just it's, it's that just, effect it's like the torment of Hailfire thing Right. It's worded differently, right? Turgrid's Lantern is like they sack a permanent unless they lose three life or whatever, but this yeah. is... So, does this go in a Turgrid deck? If such a thing even exists. <laughs> I mean, not really, because they can always just choose not to sack a permanent. They just lose the life? I don't know. Um, pretty iffy on this. I'm not even... This is even something I want to craft just to have, even if it's an uncommon. I'm like, I don't need a... I will save them for something else. I don't like. I'm just trying to think of why this card is here. Turgrid's the only thing that comes to mind. So okay, so going back, that could be if you're playing Turgrid as your historic brawl commander, 
this would go right. into that deck. Then maybe you play this card, sure. right? Okay, so if most of these, if we're looking back and be like, okay, are all these kind of brawl cards? Is that why they're hinting at us? I mean, that's exciting in the, in the sense that we'll get historic brawl, hopefully always. Like um, maybe the Goblin Gavaliers for some sort of Nahiri deck. You maybe, know? yeah. You could have that uh, Nahiri deck or um, coal if you make a coal deck. Uh, that'll that'll go in that. So, you know, looking at it from that perspective, there might be a bit more... Um, some of these might make a little bit more sense. Um, but that tor- Torment of Scarabs is definitely a uh, not worth a slot, in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Um, but moving right along, Flame Blade Adept. It's uh, one mana, one to Jackal Warrior. That's red. Uh, has Menace. And whenever you cycle or discard a card... It gets plus one, plus zero, until on a turn. Yeah, so this was one of the ones that I understood, I guess. Like, I'm not sure why this wasn't just in Amonkhet Remastered, because I don't think it would warp the draft format. Yeah. But I at least understand the side of it of, maybe you want this in Historic to try to push a cycling deck, an aggro cycling deck in Historic. You know, there's one that exists in Standard. Mm -hmm. It's going to need a little bit of help to make the jump into Historic. And this is a, a decent one-drop for that kind of deck. I think it's not as good as this, the Fox. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's respectable second place to the yeah. Fox as a one-drop that's going to deal a lot of damage in that deck. I guess... Well, it is interesting. So um, the Flame Blade Adept is red, of course. And then in the actual remastered set, cycling is kind of like a blue-black thing. Um so, so maybe that's maybe why. that's why they didn't want to try to push it into like Grixis stuff. Um, I mean, I think it seems fine. I wonder if it might help in like a Hollowed One deck or something. This this was played in the Hollowed One decks in Modern. Yeah, right. So uh, that that makes more sense for its inclusion. Possibly they're just like here's some more pieces. Maybe that'll kind of come to fruition at some point. Um, but I'm you know I kind of like this one. Um, you know, one mana creatures <laughs> tend to like those. Yeah, I mean, and, and like you've been saying the whole time, it's an uncommon. Yeah, so which is great. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> if it's not good, it's not good. Who cares? Yeah, I'll, I will have used four uncommon wild cards on it. Um, th- but this next one, though, here we go. <laughs> talking about cycling, <laughs> talking about discarding. Let's see yeah. it. What is it, Jeff? Faith of the Devoted, two and a black enchantment. Whenever you cycle or discard a card, you may pay one. If you do, each opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. Hmm. Uh, main problem with this card, it does not have cycling. Yes. I think this card, if it has cycling, is a slam dunk. You know, if it's just cycling for one or two. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because it doesn't, now it has to go in some sort of weird blue-black cycling control deck. Or, like, the decks that are all about critical mass of cycling cards don't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's... uh, Interesting. I had never thought about it that way. Um, I always thought it just seemed, like, not fantastic. I wish that it would just... You know, I didn't have to yeah, pay more. If you look at mana. the cycling deck in standard, some of the cards they play are so bad. They're so they cycling. Yeah, <laughs> uh, cycling for one is the big thing in the, the standard deck. Exactly, you're um, just taking just... every card that cycles for one. Yeah, uh, and this would actually be fine in that deck if it itself had cycling, because there's only so so many cards you can play that don't have cycling. In exactly. Deck like that. Yeah, um, though it has been interesting. That deck has been branching out a little bit, um, where they're playing less of the uh, one shot card. Um, mm-hmm. and more of the um, Iron Crag, what is it? The uh, 04 Pyromancer. Pyromancer. 
Um, yeah, that's what hosed me in the satellite because I was expecting the Luris version, mm-hmm. but my deck was not equipped to kill an O4 because my removal was giant killers and frostbites. Yeah. Uh, and that deals three or kills something with power four or greater. And <laughs> so man, O4 was really annoying. That it, it also, I had to go up against it as well, and that card was rough. I just had cards trapped in my hand being like, I can't play any of these because they all die immediately. Um, right. So, I was relying pretty heavily on Skyclave Apparition yeah. to get those things off the board. Um, so maybe in something, if this deck kind of evolves into, instead of being the um, all-in on this one plan, if it's, when it starts to branch out, there might be some more pieces. But this doesn't seem like one of those, um, just because, it's just like you said... just asking a lot, too, to pay a whole extra mana. Like, what yeah. that deck wants to do is every turn cycle for the amount of lands it has, you know? Exactly. But this this kills fast, right? If you're at four and you're cycling two cards a turn, it's, it's draining true. four per turn. So, um, yeah, um, I don't think it's really worth a slot. I think that there, you know, doesn't really fit anywhere. But um, once again, it's there, so cool. Yeah, like I said, there's only so many cards without cycling you can play, and I think you'd probably play the Flame Blade Adept before you played this. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should just move on to the next thing. Um, <laughs> this is Lee Solana Huntmaster. Two green green for an elf warrior that's a 3-3. Three, three. Whenever you cast an elf spell, you may create a 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature token for four mana. Yeah, these uh, elves is like a deck in Historic that pops up every once in a while. People love elves. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be happy if elves was a, a reasonable tier 2 deck in the format that'd be great so any elf help is always justified but this card is so bad it's not because we already have the one we just got from Kaldheim that basically right. it does the same thing but only it's, once a turn but it costs two mana and it has so an activated ability better. it's just so much it's better so much better um this is too much mana it's so expensive <laughs> like, it doesn't pump the team you have to play something else afterwards to make it worth it right so you have to invest like six mana to trigger this thing the first to get a, time. A one one. The, the, uh, I mean yeah, the good thing about it is that when you play as many elves as you want in your turn, or you can, you keep getting more and more, which is great. Um, and the other ones that they have at the moment don't do that. But um, I'd rather try to play an elf deck that can possibly fit in a collected company shell or, or something that would uh be able yeah, to it set. doesn't even get hit off Coco. That's there's yeah. no way. It's just it's um, a, but again it's a common if, if <laughs> yeah, and if you're trying to play an elf deck in Brawl and you just need a critical mass of elves and you can only play one of each... That's true. Then just more elves. Exactly. More elves. And that's a lot... Yeah, it's definitely a lot better than that because you can't use... You can't double up on all your lords like you can in, in Historic. So, okay, once again, Brawl... That, that's what we're really realizing. Historic Brawl. Must be coming. It's got to come because... It's got to be, right? It looks Otherwise, like... Some of these cards make no yeah, sense. Yeah, they make no sense. Uh, this next one is like a... Maybe? I guess it really is like a historic brawl thing. Obviously, it's a, a commander. So, um, Abomination of Lanamore. It's one green black for a legendary elf horror creature. It's a star star with vigilance and menace. Abomination of Lanamore's power and toughness are each equal to the number of elves you control, plus the number of elves elf cards in your graveyard. Love it. I would build a brawl deck around this. Absolutely. Yeah. Seems it's super green, fun. black. It's graveyard-centric. It's elves. Yeah. I love all of those things. I would 
I would try it. For sure. I would definitely do that. Um, seems fun. My The first deck I ever played was Solus One, which is the zombie version of this that doesn't have any keywords and costs more. And just, this is just better Times in all, changed, all eh? ways. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think seems good. Uh, would be a reason you would probably want to play Golgari Elves instead of Mono Green. Um, yeah. Big, but as far uh, as one-on-one historic competitive play, no chance. Right? Uh, no. For sure, for sure, you can't. Um, historic Brawl, though, once again, seems sweet. Uh, let's just say it's definitely worth a slot in Historic Brawl. Maybe we should switch everything. Can we play this in Historic <laughs> Brawl? Because that's let's what just go feels. hard on assuming that they're telling us that I th- Historic Brawl is. I mean, like, we should probably count all the cards. When we're done with this, let's count all the cards that are Historic Brawl cards and not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, for um, other play. But anyway, um, do you want to tackle this next one yeah inspiring statuary it's a three mana artifact non-artifact spells you cast have improvise which is like the convoke mechanic for artifacts you can yep. tap artifacts to pay one this card wasn't very good when it was in standard i don't think it's good now uh maybe it's busted in commander i don't know no i've never uh but i feel like the artifacts you play in commander are mana rocks so yep. you don't need this exactly <laughs> yeah I was thinking... Uh, so this is this is like a mana rock for non-artifact spells. Yeah. That turns all your other artifacts that you might have into mana rocks, kind of? Colorless? Right. But what artifacts are you playing that aren't either mana rocks or doing something else, you know? Uh, the lantern for the graveyard lantern. <laughs> yeah. Lantern of... Uh, soul Guide Lantern. Yeah, Soul Guide Lantern. I don't know. There's, there's probably some combo... I mean, with this, with something like Historics have brought enough format. Yeah, Ornithopter, this, and um, something blue. I don't know. This yeah, this card doesn't excite me really, but it might be uh, exciting to some people. Yeah, it does seem like a combo-y kind of card, and I'm not a big combo player, so I'm usually not looking for those kinds of things. So, right. If you do know what we should use it for, uh, you should find us on Instagram and Twitter and tell us what it is. <laughs> Uh, up next. Cold Steel Heart. Uh, two mana for a snow artifact. Hey, this goes in the snow decks. Cool. Um, there you go. It enters the battlefield tapped, and as it enters the battlefield, you choose a color, and it taps for the chosen color. Um, sweet. Mana rocks for Historic Brawl. Yeah. <laughs> On to the there next one. There we go. That's <laughs> too, too bad for Constructed. Yeah. It enters the battlefield tapped. Um, yeah, I mean, are they going to use this in that, um, that colorless... Uh, Ugin deck. I mean, this mills if you have a Cankrix out. So. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, that's a combo. That's much better. That is a combo, technically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you think this would ever fit? Like, they're playing, um, that colorless deck is playing uh, Guardian Idol. Like, would you play this? Guardian Idol's way better, I think. Just because it can be a creature? Even though it's Yeah, attacking mana? Planeswalkers. That's is true. Pretty, oh, uh, you're right. Yeah, in that deck. Important. Like, you really need to care about snow to even consider playing this, I think. Also, they don't care about colors, so it wouldn't matter at all. Um, Right. That's the deck that really plays Mana Rocks. So uh, this is, once again, a... uh, You know what's good with this card? You play it in your Jorn (laughs) Historic Brawl deck. You attack with Jorn, it untaps that turn. Boom. Boom. Combo. Combo. Uh, But it's not worth a slot. uh, And it milled two with the Cankrix on the way in. Amazing. Busted. <laughs> Ban it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to get this next one? Blink Moth Nexus. This is a card I was excited about because this was one of the cards that um, when I was y- really young and playing the game, 
I didn't understand why it was such a coveted card and so good. But everyone was after this. But since then, it's kind of been usurped in, in older formats by more powerful stuff. But Blinkmoth Nexus is a land, has tapped out a colorless. You can pay one to turn it into a 1-1 artifact creature with flying till end of turn. Uh, and in, in particular, it's a Blinkmoth artifact creature. And you can also pay one and tap it. Target Blinkmoth creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Sweet. So this is the card yeah. that goes into that colorless deck. Yeah, and this is like it ups your artifact count too because you mm -hmm. can tap it to activate itself just to turn it into an artifact until end of turn. Right. Which does often come up in terms of like just whenever you need some number of artifacts to accomplish something. Yeah, or if you're using like um, Karn and one of his like golems or something, they get bigger, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, this was a great card back in the day. I don't know if it really stands up to modern standards, especially historic mm -hmm. uh, has a lot of really powerful cards in it so maybe but um, i don't know you need to be some sort of like artifact aggro deck to really want this yeah you think so like this is like a faceless haven <clears throat> for artifacts kind of it's instead of yeah snow. it's faceless haven that you don't have to devote yourself to snow and it only costs one to activate although it's a really small creature but i think we'll see this is probably the one of the cards i'm expecting to see most of or more of just because I think people will be trying it out, um, it's easy enough to put into things and see if you can kind of work it out. Yeah, I just think we have better man lands in this. I don't know. Part of the reason people played this was because there was an infect version. And right. so you wanted to like make the infect, the ink moth nexus, mm -hmm. and then pump it with this. Gotcha. Because it was a blink moth creature. Interesting. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so until we get Infect on Arena, which I'm <laughs> please, because I love Infect. I love um, playing against Infect. Yeah? Hey, look at that. See, it's my kind of thing, because, like, Infect is, the entire deck is just small creatures with pump spells and, and different things that pump stuff. Love it. I loved playing against Infect, because mm -hmm. they just, like, attack with a 1-1, one, one, and you're like, then they pass priority, and you're like, I can't kill it now, right? Like, if I lightning bolt this now... I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. So then you pass, and it's just this staring mat. I take one. <laughs> yeah. That sounds a great. A very high-tension game where mm -hmm. both players, it's like, who's going to blink first, kind of? Yeah, yeah, with their blink moth. <laughs> or their yeah. ink moth. Ink moth nexus. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, uh, I'm going to say uh, worth a slot. I like blink moth nexus. Okay, I'm going to go the other way. I think we just have better man lands than this okay. nowadays. So all right. you need to care about the fact that it's an artifact. That's fine. I mean, I thought we were just agreeing on all this stuff, and then you just decide not to agree with me anymore. So whatever. Yeah, that's, that's I go my own way. Yeah, know? yeah. Uh, you can read this next one then. Have fun. Oh, jeez. I was hoping <laughs> to dodge this one. But... All right, so this is a card I've never seen before. This is Hamza, Guardian of Arashin. It's four green white for a legendary creature, Elephant Warrior. It, this spell costs one less to cast for each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it and creature spells you cast cost one less to cast for each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it it's a five five yep. like how is there not a more signal of like historic brawl than this right you're right this really is one of the biggest ones not only that we got uh two different cards from commander legends that are actual commanders this is the second one after abomination of lawn and war but um yeah this has definitely been like hey this is your commander this is your deck i'm telling you what to do nobody's gonna play this in 
uh, competitive construction. I think I right? might know somebody that would try to play it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um... Like, the only thing I can possibly think of is you're playing, like, a green-white celeste, you know, aggro deck. You have the other elephant that puts a counter for everything you convoked. Yeah. You know, and then you play this for, like, two. But it just feels like in that scenario, it's the other elephant that's good and not not this random extra 5-5 five, five you get. Yeah, because it wants to spread the counters out and not put make something go tall, which is kind of interesting. I do like that. Um, but though it goes a little bit away from the uh, Ozolith, which is... The, but then it also wants you to be playing big creatures to take care of its second... take advantage of its second ability. So it wants you to go wide and tall. Uh, what? Like the second ability makes big creatures cost less. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So it, oh, it gotcha. wants you to go wide and put counters on everything, but then it also incentivizes you for playing big creatures. Big expensive stuff. Like that's part of the payoff. Yeah. So... Uh, or just playing a ton of little ones that it seems, obviously it seems good in historic brawl because the, uh, it'll cost less through commander decks. Awesome. Right. Um, that's why it was made. You don't know if it seems good, but it seems like a thing that you could do. Yes. So, um, another one of those things, Hey, that could be a cool, uh, brawl deck. Uh, it's not worth a slot in a historic deck. I don't think. Definitely not. Um, I would, I would, I would look at it often. And then just take it out of the deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, though this next one, I do like this one. Um, I'm at Eternal. Two and a black yeah. for a 5-5 five, five creature zombie crocodile demon. It has a flicked three. And whenever an opponent casts a spell, put a minus one, minus one counter on it. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, remove all minus one, minor, minus one counters from it. Um, I just liked it because it was a big zombie for three yeah i think this saw some play in standard mm -hmm. um in like red black aggro decks before people figured out there were just kind of better things to play yeah, yeah that's what i remember might not be totally accurate just doesn't really seem good enough to me i mean if you just want beef you know we have stuff that does that that's, tr yeah, that's um, true like i think i'd play rotting regisaur before i played this okay i was in a black aggro deck that just wants something huge for three that is true. Um, I do like this, that uh, they can't chump it forever um, because of the Afflict. But I do think probably Rotting Regisaur is better. But the thing is, if you block it, you take three, but the counters don't reset. Correct. So you kind of kill this over time. Maybe it does six damage or whatever, or by which that, is good. Or by that point, it gets blocked and killed anyway. Um Right, yeah. Just because it's small enough at that point. Yeah, you probably take three damage off this realistically and maybe lose a creature. Mm -hmm. If you can bring it back over and over again, awesome. But uh, there isn't a lot of stuff at the moment that does things like that. So <sighs> I want to say it's worth a slot, but it probably isn't. I don't think so. Yeah, I think you're right. No, you know what? No, I'm going to be my own person. It's definitely <laughs> worth a slot. Um, I mean, you if, should... you're tr if you're looking for like cards to fill out your crocodile tribal deck mm -hmm. i think this will probably slot right into that for sure you know i wish I this was good legendary. enough to crack the zombie list i know? want this to be legendary so i could make it my commander in my historic brawl <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. my uh my, my tribal deck of zombie crocodile we're or, both just gonna demon. go brew a bunch of historic brawl decks <laughs> and it's just not gonna be true and they never do it that'd be great um this next card uh definitely feels like it's once again for historic brawl stuff 
So this is Sawtusk Demolisher, 4 green green for a creature, beast, trample, mutate, 3 and a green. Whenever this creature mutates, destroy target non-creature permanent, its controller creates a 3-3 three, three green beast creature token, 6-6. Six, six. I get it, it's beast within. Yep. On a stick. On, uh, on legs. Yeah. Yes, I suppose, more. On, on multiple sticks. Not good enough. For Not good enough. Competitive constructed. No one's playing a um, um, big mutate deck. Even if you are, you have better options than this. Yeah, it just seems like... Also, just giving them a 3-3. Three, three. You just don't want to do that. Well, you could destroy your own stuff. Uh, make your own 3-3s. Three, sure. Yeah, okay. Like, in the late game, you can mutate this, get rid of an extra land, turn it into a 3-3, three, three, you know? Okay. All right. That does make sense. I... I I see what you're doing there. It's part of what made Eat Beast Within oddly good, is that it's like a three mana, and it does that effect mm -hmm. at instant speed, and it's just like, it's kind of versatile enough to make it good, though, because I can target myself. Yeah. Like, if they're going to kill something, I can Beast Within my... Oh, that's not a creature, though. But if they're going to, like, blow up my artifact, I can Beast Within my yeah. own thing to get a 3-3. Three, three. Uh, obviously, this is an instant speed, so we can't do those kinds of shenanigans. Makes it a, a lot worse. It yeah. makes it repeatable, um, but you kind of have to be focused on mutate. But if you do use it on your opponent's side, they can attack with the three three on their next turn. Mm -hmm. Part of this was like you do it on their end step or in their combat phase, so they have to miss a whole turn of attacking with the three three. Yeah, when it was instant speed, but so um, seems a lot worse. Uh, once again. It might fit into your uh, mutate commander, or sorry, uh, mutate historic brawl deck. So yes, awesome for that. I feel like you like timed this so that the cards I do are super long and the cards you do are like one liners. No, that's not true. <laughs> um, but speaking about things that you don't want to give your opponent, or maybe you do, uh, <laughs> this is harmless offering. It's two and a red for a sorcery. Target opponent gains control of target permanent you control. Yeah, people love these kinds of cards because they're funny. They just seem fun. Right? Yeah. It is fun to try to figure out how to make you know, best use of this. Mm -hmm. When it works, it's going to be awesome. And I think kind of funny for both players. Uh, but it's not a good effect. Right? <laughs> like, no, unless you're doing the uh, Demonic Pact thing. Right. That's the best thing in Historic to be doing with this. And that's not a very reliable combo no but it does seem fun if you have the cards already you know try it um i don't have them so i will not be trying this i definitely played this when it was in standard this mm -hmm. combo so yeah um this uh this card is really great for me because i play decks with a lot of terrible cards <laughs> you're just using it honestly yeah <laughs> i put this in my deck it's not not great so here let's do a little switcheroo it doesn't switcheroo it just oh gives it just gives card. them stuff <laughs> You know, if you ever want to ramp your opponent, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to use this card because you have to put permanence in your deck that you actively do not want to have mm -hmm. on the battle on your side of the battlefield. Uh, and then also draw this and give it to them. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's bad. People it's... love it, though, especially because it has a cute cat as yeah. the art. Um, and it's harmless, right? It's, it's a really nice, harmless inclusion. I'm not upset by it. Uh, no, of course not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's... And it makes Demonic Pact, another card people love. Yeah. 
it gives you more options for how to build the so, cards. So. Um, it's worth a slot in that deck for sure. It kind of makes that a lot more... Um, so if you're interested in your 80-card Yorion Mardu pile with demonic packs and harmless offerings... Do we have something for you? <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing, Zach. You can also give them your enchantment that draws three and then drains you for one every time you play a spell. That's true. Except, the actually, no, you can't, you can't do that because when you target it, it... Uh, it sacrifices oh, itself. bummer. <laughs> <laughs> they thought of it. They already thought they of thought it. They thought of the OP combo. Yeah, okay. I draw three cards, but then you have to now lose a life every time you play it. But you know what you could do? You can play uh, Torment of Scarabs on yourself and then okay. Harmless Offering it to them. <laughs> Get around that ley line of Sanctity. Oh, no. Yeah. No, nope. it doesn't do that. No, no, it doesn't do that either. <laughs> um, but anyway, it seems kind of fun. Uh, I think it's worth a slot in that deck. Uh, fun just to have that tool to mess around with. If you're ever feeling a little extra frisky one day, you want to build a deck where that you can use that, go right ahead. I got, I got um, it. If you're playing against rogues, you put in Leyline of the Void, and then you give it to them, so none of your cards go to your graveyard. <laughs> they go straight to exile. You just exile your graveyard. <laughs> Okay, um, sure. That's that sweet tech. That's some sweet tech. I really like that. Um, how about you tackle this next one? Because <laughs> okay. I still don't know what this card does. I know, there's so many cards that I've never seen before. Okay, Collected Conjuring, two, blue, red, sorcery. Exile the top six cards of your library. You may cast up to two sorcery spells with mana value three or less from among them without paying their mana costs. Put the exiled cards not cast this way on the bottom of your library in a random order. I like how they used mana value. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they, they changed it to, um, but it still says mana, wait, where does it say? It says mana value three, and then choose card from among them without paying their mana costs. What's a mana cost yeah. then? That's their cost. Oh, so but this mana is collected, value... collected company for sorceries. Oh, but mana value is only talking about... Mana value replaces converted mana cost only. Right, and, then, and mana cost is still a thing. Still called mana cost, yeah. Got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is collected company. I love that sorceries. I didn't even realize that that was how that worked when we were talking about it. <laughs> okay. You thought just everything was going to be mana. Yeah, value. that's why I was just like, okay, fine. We're just saying mana value instead. That's cool. Um, but it's still a cost. That Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I'm more on board with the mana value thing now. I think mm. it's to distinguish between mana cost and converted mana cost. Yes. They now have different words. So that um, their like mana costs don't change when you things uh, reduce their uh, converted mana cost. So they reduce their mana value, but not their mana cost. Sorry, everyone. I just had to <laughs> quickly learn something about the game that I'm having a podcast about. <laughs> uh, but yes, Collected Conjuring. Yeah, it's Collected Company, except for... Uh, uh, is it? For and, sorceries. And only sorceries. Um, yep, and it's a sorcery itself. So you find other pretty ones. Pretty bad. Um, no, you can't. They pretty bad, but um, if there's some sort of combo, you know, maybe yeah. like if there's a, a two card combo that involves sorceries with mana value three or less, like then you would, and then it's in blue and red, then you would definitely play this card. Sounds like if you're trying to dig for your harmless offering, you could use this card. <laughs> <laughs> that seems a bit sketch. Harmless offering wants you to play permanence. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
collected company, this is not. It's not collected company at all. Um, I, I see the idea, but the fact that it doesn't hit instance is so awful. Um, it's a cool design. It's a cool design. I, I see what they're like going it's, for. It's fun. It's collected company, but for sorceries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I could see problems might come up if they allowed instance and made this an instance. So Aren't like most of the time sorceries are big and do huge things, right? That's the reason you're okay with playing them on your turn? Dude, you, play, you pay four mana, double divination. What's up? Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, sure. That makes this a sorcery speed into the story. Pretty good. Oh, oh, good. Yes. That's what I wanted. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't love it. I'm going to say it's not worth a slot. Get out of here. No, it's bad, but yeah, it's fun. It's really bad. It's funny. Um, but here we go. Last one. Headline. Wow, we really went through this. We already did our headliner. You know that. Um, yeah, yeah three minutes inspector. All right, but this is the one that's supposed to be the headliner. Um, which I'm actually pretty excited about. I know that you're... Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, this is Death Shadow. It's a one-mana black uh, creature avatar. That's a 13-13. What? Yeah, it's a 13-13 for one mana. and That's crazy. That's it. It doesn't say anything else. Just kidding. Yeah. Of course it does. Um, Death Shadow gets minus X, minus X, where X is your life total. All right. So, for those who haven't played with or against this card... Um, you play it next to lots of ways to lose your own life. So shock lands, um, the new lands from Zendikar Rising, the, the, the bolt lands. The bolt lands. Thoughtseize comes to mind. That's what you lose two life when you cast Thoughtseize. Yeah, buddy. So you're just trying to turbocharge your life total down <laughs> and then play this. I actually have an interesting story about this. When um, the first time I ever played Modern, I was just visiting... My she's now my wife, but she was my uh, girlfriend at the time. Visiting her family, her cousins, and they were into magic. And so we, when we said we went to visit them, they said, "Oh, can you come to our local store with us and play?" And they were teenagers in high school, so I assumed it would be a draft, right? But it was actually a modern event, and so they just gave me a modern deck to play, and they took their favorite modern decks. They had extras. So what I didn't think about later was, what I thought about later, I mean, is that they both had, like, jobs and literally no expenses. So, you know, <laughs> that's why they had modern decks. But uh, I'm playing, and I'm, I end up going 3-0. I was playing Affinity, and I'm in the finals. And I agree to split with the guy uh, beforehand. But then I'm playing against him, and he's just shocking himself and not using the mana. He would, like, fetch for a shock land at, the, at my end step, Comes into play untapped, he takes two, and then go to his turn. And I'm sitting there like, how did this guy make it to 3-0? He's like, just taking damage for no reason, like an idiot. You know? <laughs> like, this is going to be the easiest win of my life. I never should have split with this fool. You know, it's like, totally super cocky now. Mm -hmm. Like, this guy doesn't even understand the basics. Like, you could have just let that come into play tapped, save two life. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has this turn where he just goes Death Shadow, Death Shadow, and they're both like 8-8s. Eight and I'm sitting there like, I understand. All is clear now. I'm going <laughs> to lose this game. And I just like scoop up my cards. We've got a game two. And I'm a little more vigilant of it this time. Uh, but yeah, this card is super weird. There's some weird blocking stuff that goes on. So it's like... Its power and toughness changes at the exact same time that damage goes through. So this will often survive combats when you didn't think it 
would if you're blocking against it. Mm. Like, let's say you attack me. I block with my Death's Shadow, and I don't block your other thing. So you attack with a 7-7 seven, seven, and a 2-2. Two, two. My Death's Shadow is a 7-7. Seven, seven. I block your 7-7. Seven, seven. My Death's Shadow will survive because the two damage happens at the exact same time, and my Death's Shadow instantaneously becomes a 9-9 nine, nine with only 7 damage on it. Oh. So if you don't know that, you just kind of kind of get fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so if you're playing against this in Historic... Make sure you know that how that works if you're attacking somebody with the Death Shadow. That's a good tip, because I wasn't even thinking yeah. about that. But this is the yeah. card that, obviously, I am very excited about. It reminds me of my um, Axis of Mortality deck uh, that I had put together. And maybe that's, <laughs> right. you know, maybe I'm doing, uh, bringing that back. Because uh, it, uh, either that or just, I'm. this is one I'm definitely going to try to make something happen, because it's exactly the kind of play style that I like, where you just... Lose a bunch of life. <laughs> I just, um, if this deck is good, like if there's a good deck around Death's Shadow, I kind of like that. The only issue I have with Death's Shadow is the weird uh, rules thing that I just described that like favors the player who knows the weird rules interaction. Mm-hmm. I don't love that kind of stuff. But it is really strategic, right? If you're playing this deck, you have to be so mindful of what you're doing because you're trying to make this as good as possible by losing your own life but if you go too low and you die to a shock you're gonna feel like an idiot yeah you know so it is an interesting card my concern is that there are not good instant speed ways to lose life in historic there's a couple there's a danto vanguard although i think we're pushing the pushing the envelope on what we call good there that's a great card i don't know what you're talking about yeah it's not a great card it's uh it's an okay card (laughs) but if you look at successful decks in modern a huge part of it is like uh street wraith which cycles for two life um so that's an instant speed draw card give my death shadow plus two plus two you know it's just a free combat trick uh fetch lands you can lose three life at instant speed with them by fetching a shock um so it kind of hinges on that a lot and then the cards that usually go with it the best cards are not available to us in Historic. The blue versions play Stubborn Denial, which is like a one-mana counterspell in that deck. Plays Teamer Battle Rage, which I guess we could try Embercleave instead, but kind of the idea is you only have one huge creature and you're just killing them with it. And so Embercleave in and itself is going to cost more. Um, right. So All the stuff that people play with this, excluding Thoughtseize, is not really available to us in Historic, so... So it seems like it's a new time to brew a Death Shadow deck, is what I say. Hey, maybe there's yeah. some stuff we didn't realize we could use with it. Um, but I'm pretty excited for it, and I, this is the one that I'm, I'm going to be, be doing some things around. Um, it's a nice card, yeah. and it complements the recent edition of, uh, you know, the like two-mana version of this that came in Zendikar. Exactly. So now you kind of have uh, four-ish. Or sorry, mm-hmm. eight-ish. But yeah, the, so that is the uh, Historic Anthology number four. Um, but Jeff, how does this rank up with the other ones? So uh, people have kind of been talking about like this is the meh one of the four mm-hmm. of them. But let's go back, just like quickly kind of think about what the other anthologies are. So now, uh, remember, I was not playing uh, on Arena at these times when they first came out. I kind of joined when Mac started and... 
basically, these were just there. And I was like, sweet. Okay, that's probably part of the anthology thing or whatever. Uh, but going back through them, they all seem to be fairly similar. I thought it was going to be a very stark contrast. but um, I think the reason that that's happening, I think in, in terms of power level, maybe this one's a bit low. Yeah. But it, it's not as far off as people seem to be suggesting. I think it's just less resonant mm -hmm. because the first ones, it was a novel idea, first of all. Like, we didn't know this was coming. And, oh, wow, all of a sudden there's these, you know, absolute classics being added to the format. But that's the other thing is the things being added were, like, classic cards that people have a lot of nostalgia for. Mm -hmm. um, and um, even, like, Fire Exiting in Arena. That's on Arena, and people don't play it. And it's a really iconic card from the past that just isn't being played. I love that card. I still want to build mono black control and historic. Yeah. I also really love that card. And, but to the point where like, I'll see people talk about it and not realize it's even on arena at all. Um, right. But even some but of the people were excited about that and then nobody plays it. Exactly. Um, so, you know, it'll be fun to see what, uh, the kind of exciting things that we are excited for in this one, or maybe not at all. And it, the, the, tables kind of turned we're like oh maybe actually that was a lot better than i thought but kind of going through the other anthologies there are certain ones that are like oh yeah that's pretty good but there's other cards that seem like oh that would be i would be kind of excited for that and then looking at it like well nobody plays any of these though like oh cool so tribal cards sweet we got right. goblin matron we have this merfolk um guy that uh merfolk lord uh, and a couple other things. Platinum Angel has fucked me over a bunch of times because um, <laughs> I forget yeah. that card's in the deck. Uh, obviously, in uh, Historic Anthology number three, we got Ulamog, which is a really big deal. Yep, hated that, hated that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but even besides Ulamog, like the rest of the cards in that anthology was kind of like uh, Jim Palm Incinerator, sweet. That was helpful for goblins to actually interact with things. Um, and then people were... I think they were kind of cutting it too. Yeah. It, People were kind of cutting incinerators. Yeah. Um, Phyrexian Obliterator seemed really exciting, and then people started to uh, do some tech around that. And then basically they gave the other shrines from Kamigawa because that was around the time when um, they were going to get the other, the newest shrines from M21. But, you know, uh, looking back, I was expecting to think that, oh, the anthologies have a really high marking and this one's really low. This one seems um, not as low as I had thought. And it's like, sure, maybe some of these cards don't seem exciting to you, but I'm sure there's people that are either excited about them or happy to have them in the format. And at the end of the day, it's something that obviously we don't have to buy. You can only pick the ones that you want if you need to. Great. Um, yeah. Really happy to have them. The other thing I'll, I'll say about these original historic anthologies, too, is that um, at the time, those were like the only way that cards were getting injected straight into a historic. Mm, yeah. So because this one came out after two remastered sets, obviously its impact is going to be way smaller because there's just so many cards that have been added to the format directly. Whereas the first two, it was like, it was basically standard plus these cards. Mm -hmm. So these cards would see a lot more play than... That's a really good point. Yeah. The new cards are going to see. Because the other three came out before we got Jumpstart, Amonkhet Remastered, and Kaladesh Remastered. So... Right, yeah, I didn't even count Jumpstart that's come out before this one. Yeah, so. which was huge. So, um, and a lot of cards that I thought were in an anthology were actually from Jumpstart. So there you go. Uh, honestly, through this whole experience, all I've thought about is, Watsy, bring Jumpstart back to Arena so I can get more of those cards easier. 
I don't think that's happening, buddy. I know. Say goodbye to your wild cards. And it's just like, man. Okay, Watsy, let me buy wild cards. <laughs> Using <laughs> Definitely gold. Definitely not happening. I can guarantee you that's not Using happening. Using gold. <laughs> I want to buy wild cards. Um, but anyway, uh, once again, if we did not make it abundantly clear through this entire episode, or even at the beginning, when we told you uh, straight up, if you skipped <laughs> past that part, we do not recommend you pay full price for these cards. Do not you know, waste your gems. Do not waste your gold. You know what? You could accomplish the exact same thing and save 4,000 gems by just using four common wild cards to craft four Thraben Inspectors. Yeah. And uh, your collection will be pretty much the same. So. <laughs> uh, and again, make sure you have a full deck before you just start getting cards that you're never going to use, um, which is good uh, advice for both Arena and Paper Magic. They should have an option to get one of each card. Especially if the plan is to bring historic. You're one hundred percent right. Why are they trying trying to swindle people into getting four copies when they're going to use one for the historic? Yeah, for their historic brawl. What is this? Okay, that's what it should be. Hey, mm. it costs this much to get all four, but it costs this much to get one of each. Why don't they have that? Yeah, even if it was like not to scale, right? Like not just a thousand gems, which is a quarter of the cost. Mm -hmm. It could be. 1,500 gems, even. Yeah, just to be like, oh, I want one of each. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a great idea. Uh, what has been abundantly clear is that this is a product that will be helpful for Historic Brawl when that comes out next month, I guess. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> uh, no, it'll be by July, but, like, who knows. Those are our thoughts on this anthology. Hopefully, we'll be talking about another anthology or remastered set sooner than we uh, think because right now there are no other plans. Oh no, that's not that's not true. Pioneer Masters. Pioneer Masters right? is the next plan. Um, which so it's not a remastered set, but it's Yeah. But it kind of went back into development, so I don't know if they're changing it up a little bit. Uh, and might stretch it out and, and do the the block by block, which I kind of hope. I kind of hope they do the shadows and then they go I was enjoying the the block by block remaster of old formats yeah. that I remember and play this updated version for a bit totally you know? i mean i really i've never got to draft tarkir anything so oh, that was a great format and it would be really cool if you get to pick if you're doing uh dragons of tarkir or cons of tarkir with fate reforged in the middle and you just do two and one or two and one it, that, can i choose triple cons because that was the best one or i mean i know everybody liked triple cons but um there there's some things you could uh, do besides just having a remastered set food for thought I'm excited to see what uh, what comes up, but but they can't bring cons to arena though. You can't have fetch lands. They just they keep them out. They don't have to. They just won't add them. Right. I guess if it's remastered, yeah. you just don't even include them. Exactly. At all. You're just like yeah. nope. And people will be like, okay. Yeah. But it's fair. If they did bring fetch lands to arena, it'd make Death Shadow a little bit better. <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> cons block coming back would actually just make it way better because you get stubborn denial. You get. Uh, team or battle rage and you get fetch lands. there you go boom look at that all right let's skip the other ones we're going straight to tarkir remastered that's what i want i would love that i loved that that format <laughs> that's what like got me back into magic so i totally missed out i joined in magic origins literally the next <laughs> i came back in magic origins bummer you know what i like that set too though I, I thought the flip planeswalkers were pretty cool i did think they were cool i got three of them in a box so that was nice were any of them jace yes i got jace nice. gideon and nissa and i was like i think you mean kythian sorry kythian yeah kythian 
Oh wait, Jeff, do you hear that? It sounds like it's last call. <laughs> oh my gosh. Already? Already? Wow. <laughs> I definitely think it is. Uh, let's go to last call. Three, two, one. Hey. Classic. No surprise there, right? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah. We both picked our own. Uh, I was not anticipating Jeff would, would pick this beer. Yep. I picked it because <laughs> I wanted to drink it, and I knew he probably wouldn't want to it as much as me. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Uh, so what do you want to start with, the um, sour or the wild ale? Let's uh, let's start with the wild ale before I forget. Right, that's the one I brought. It's yeah. uh, Bear Warship Wild Ale with peach and nectarine, eight percent. Um, I like this one. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like it too. I definitely tasted the the fruit in it, mm-hmm. which I liked. You know, I didn't expect to really. Because oftentimes it says something like that, and you can kind of get a hint of it, but it's mm-hmm. not really present. I felt like it was actually present in this. Uh, other than that, it just kind of tastes like an ale. I don't know if I'm getting the wild aspect of it, of the wild yeast. Mm-hmm. But that's also kind of a part of wild yeast. Is It's just wild. It might just, yeah. It's just crazy, you know? It might just ferment normally, you know? Mm-hmm. like. <laughs> um, but overall, I really liked it. Yeah, same. I thought it was uh, it was great. I really liked uh, all the flavors there. It does also feel a little bit like a sour. Exactly, because of the fruitiness mm-hmm. and like it, you know, it just did have that sour appeal to it. Yeah, so I liked it. I uh, solid platinum in my books. Yeah, for me it was diamond. Mm. Um, I just liked it a lot. Uh, it, it, I think that's the right way to describe it. It just tastes like a sour. Mm-hmm ale that's uh where the emphasis the, the word in bold there is ale and not sour yeah yeah sour ale not sour right. ale yeah. um yeah I, I like beer worship i mean i really like blood brothers um it's bear tried... worship man bear worship did i say beer worship again <laughs> shoot yeah <laughs> um so i i've tried some of the other bear worships as well and they're like they're they're good i i like them uh but usually uh they're not the reason I go to Blood Brothers to get stuff. There are other beers that I like uh, the most there. So that's why um, it's... Uh, yeah, fair enough. I think it's good. It, usually if I buy a bunch, I'll, I'll have one or two, you know? So it's like one I'll, I'll continue to get, but um, I don't think of beer worship when I think of this brewery. Beer worship. Did I say beer again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Beer. Or am I just messing? No, with bear, you? bear worship. I I thought I said bear. Are you screwing with me again? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, with the the paradise lost. Uh, so this blackberry ginger, uh, ginger blackberry gin. There's no ginger. Blackberry gin one is one that I've uh I've seen that they came out with, and I was excited to taste it because I've liked their other paradise lost ones. And they have a little bit of a gin background. And I have a gin background. Uh, so anything that says gin, I'm going to try it always. Uh, and I like this one quite a bit. I think the blackberry is very prominent and very juicy. Yeah. Uh, so I love blackberry. It's it's my favorite berry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, the blackest. And I, you definitely get the blackberry. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get the gin botanicals that I was kind of expecting from no. the gin. Just yeah. the fat, fact that it had the word gin in it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, this happened to us last time we ordered a gin beer, and it's just like, I'm not really getting the gin. Yeah. So I think the the one problem with the other one that we had with the gin is that, like, that one tasted like an IPA and, like, nothing else. This one tastes like right. blackberry, and I'm sure that there are gin stuff in it. Some of those botanicals got a little overpowered or, like, melded into this blackberry taste. Um, mm -hmm. Not that I can't distinctly taste the, I can't I cannot distinctly taste the gin botanicals in it however it does taste like something that could also be a gin cocktail you know what I mean right yeah yeah sure um that like a gin cocktail that had blackberries in it right that was like oh this just tastes like blackberries but there's that also sounds a gin, good to me right that. and so I'm into that <laughs> as well um once again this is a sour that tastes like a juicy sour that has it's borderline, very juicy yeah. borderline is it beer you know um, which is how I like my sours. I like it to be distinct. This is like a sour. Um, yeah. As opposed to a sour that also tastes like a beer, which is what you prefer. Right. I like it to be, this is a beer and it has sour notes. Mm -hmm. And I like, Much like the beer that I picked is kind of like that. Yeah. That, interesting enough, because that one tasted more like just a regular sour to me than some of the other ones that we've had that were like, it's sour, but also something. Right. Um, but this Paradise Lost, I mean, number one, purple beers are great. Uh, <laughs> number two, I like sours. Number three, yeah, I'm going to give it diamond. It's funny. I'll give it platinum. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of crisscrossed on that one. Uh, I acknowledge that it's a really well-made beer, and it's not like I don't like it. But like you were saying, it's not the way I prefer my sour beers exactly. to taste. Yeah. Uh, and, and going in, I, I did know that about Blood Brothers. Mm-hmm. That uh, when they make sours, they do tend to make it, like, juicy yeah. like this. So I wasn't surprised that you like all their sours. And for me, it's like, I like all their other beer. But the sours, I prefer to get sours from somewhere else. Because mm -hmm. other places just kind of match my preferences a little better. Sure. For sure, for sure. Um, so no real judgments there. Um, but uh, bummed you didn't pick mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, it's clearly something they're doing intentionally because every single sour I've tried from them is that style. Yeah. So it's like, it's this is like something that their brewmaster is doing. And, and he's a very good, you know, they're a very they, good brewery. Yeah. So uh, it's um, not something they're doing by accident. It is funny because like, as far as IPAs go, I prefer the juicy ones and something that's not really juicy, I don't care for very much. Um, so maybe I just like juice. Maybe I'm just... <laughs> I also like wine, so there you go. Juice. Next Ju week, we'll just be drinking three juices. And, All right, so we have two Capri juices. Sun, and we have two different yeah. boxes. <laughs> anyway, it's closing time. Uh, so if you can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you might run into us on MTG Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. Give and us a, a good nice if we make a good play. Yes. We'll return the favor. Yes, absolutely. Um, if you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg on Instagram and Twitter. That's Zulberg, Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G. But Jeff, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter as well at BluesBrewsMTG. Um, or you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash BluesBrews. I go live Wednesday and Thursday nights and occasional weekends if I'm trying to work something in. Yeah, yeah. Um, also please leave us a review on Apple podcasts, uh, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, any place that you can listen to us. Uh, we'd love the engagement and, uh, just please, please tell us what you like.
This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you not to spend your hard-earned gems on the Historic Anthology 4. Good night. All right, that's fine.